0: As an educator, you want what's best for your students. You want them to succeed academically and emotionally. But how do you do it?
1: We actually hit it. Simply ask the question, what is it that we want for our learners? You know, the amount of time they physically sit in a seat doesn't determine whether or not they've learned something. We just kind of took genius hour and put it on steroids. steroids, steroids, steroids.
0: From creative instructional practices to school models and ideas big and small, Reimagining Time is a podcast that will tell the stories of real educators like you and how they've used their imagination to transform their schools and enrich students' lives.
1: Those students who were going to be affected felt like they hadn't had any voice and therefore no students had had voice.
0: What is student voice? According to the Glossary of Education Reform, Student voice refers to the values, opinions, beliefs, perspectives, and cultural backgrounds of individual students and groups of students in a school, and to instructional approaches and techniques that are based on student choices, interests, passions, and ambitions. It means that students will be included in decisions. In our last episode, we heard from Principal Phil Conrad as he talked about the change process his school went through to give students more time more variety, and more relationship-building opportunities during the school day. These changes were made for students, and if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go ahead and give it a listen before this one. But when it came time to actually incorporating these changes into the school schedule, students weren't too happy about it. Why? They felt like they hadn't been given a voice in the change process. Had they? Well, Students had, in fact, been given voice when this process was started, but from the time this idea began to the time it was actually implemented, the students who were included in the initial decision were no longer in the school. So how did the school overcome this and find a way to give students voice? Keep listening to find out. But first, why did it take so long for changes to be made?
1: And the reason it took so long is because of the contentious negotiations between the district and the um, the school union, the, the teachers union. Um, and it took a long time for that to, to ferment. Uh, there were a lot of people who worked really hard on it and got it to a place where it was ready to go. Uh, and then funding became an issue, and so we had to wait an extra year. But it was a very collaborative, very, very long process, but it included a lot of people, uh, including students, parents, school committee members, teachers, administrators, Uh, and, And it was really built over a long period of time.
0: District negotiations, funding, these are two obstacles that schools may face when trying to make a change, especially a change to the school schedule. Teachers' instructional time will be affected, and it can cost money. Some schools are able to implement a flex period fairly quickly, but this isn't always the case. Listening to Phil is a good reminder not to give up. They worked so hard to get their schedule up and running, but met with obstacle after obstacle. If you've already listened to part one, you know that they were able to make their schedule change and H-block a success. For Phil, a lot of these changes were underway before he even arrived at the school. This came with its own challenges, too.
1: There were a number of principals who came and went during the process, and that sort of slowed things down. So when I arrived, the schedule was pretty much set. This was what we were going to go to. It had been negotiated. And my job was really to understand it and then to um, let people know how it would work and what the benefits were. And so, that-
0: Changes in leadership definitely contributed to slowing things down. When Phil became principal, he was put in a position to finally make these changes that for so long the school had been working on. So it was smooth sailing, right? Well, not exactly. Finally, the schedule had been negotiated and was ready to go. But Phil looks back on one thing he would recommend to any school about to embark on a change process, something else that halted these changes from going into effect.
1: I think one of the biggest things I would do is make sure that students had a voice in it. I would make sure that teachers felt like they had a voice in it and also that teachers were informed throughout the process. Um, One of the parts of the process here was that there was a committee that met, that didn't report out on a regular basis. So I think I would make sure that committees were reporting out on a regular basis. I would make sure that students were included.
0: We'll stop there for just a minute. Part of what makes any program successful is getting buy-in. And to get buy-in, everyone needs to be involved in the process, understanding and becoming part of the decisions. It's great to have teams and committees involved. Really, it's essential. But they need to be communicating in order for it to be effective. Then there's the students, really the ones that are going to be affected the most. What did they learn about giving students voice? Phil continues.
1: And with students, one of the things that we found was that the students who had been included or had been given voice had been given voice early on in the, in the process. So by the time it got to a place where it looked like this was actually going to happen, those students who were going to be affected felt like they hadn't had any voice and therefore no students had had voice when in fact students had had voice but they had had voice in five or six years earlier students were no longer around
0: that gives you an idea of how long it took for changes to be made at this school and now that these changes were actually happening, the students who were going to be affected weren't happy. They didn't feel that they had been included in the decisions, that these changes were being made without their input. Understandably, they were frustrated, and they took action.
1: We had students who were very um, opposed to the schedule, even though it hadn't been implemented yet. They created a website um, and, and got about 300 comments on their website questions reasons people didn't like it rumors about the schedule
0: well give students a voice or they will find a voice the effort they went through really shows the extent to which students were opposed to this decision if you're a school leader thinking about a situation like this is probably pretty stressful how did phil handle it and how did he use it as a chance to give students voice he started a conversation with students who had created that website
1: we met probably over a couple of months, and we answered all 300 questions. They posted those answers on their websites. They understood They understood the schedule better than almost anybody else in the building because we had walked through every aspect of the schedule, including miscommunications about the schedule, um, just out and out rumors about the schedule, and things that were just weren't, weren't true about the new schedule.
0: Instead of just pushing ahead and ignoring students' concerns, Phil sat down with them, heard them out, and was willing to answer their questions, all 300 of them. Taking the time to listen to someone shows that you respect them and value what they have to say. The result of this was that not only were all the questions answered and rumors dispelled, but now the students who were initially opposed were informed and actually became advocates for the new schedule.
1: And the best part for me is that we recently uh, asked them what they were thinking about the schedule and they did a video for us about the schedule, how much they liked the schedule, how much they liked H block, and they did it during an H block and they mentioned it in the video that they were doing this during H block. So that was a real win for me.
0: What a positive outcome for that situation. And this shows why it's so important to give students voice. In that video, the students share how H block has really benefited them, and we actually have a clip. So let's listen as a few of those very same students that oppose the schedule explain why they feel H block has been so valuable. Um, a lot of teachers, a lot of teachers will sometimes do extra help sessions. Uh, of course, there's a lot of club meetings that also occur during um, H blocks. For instance, I'm part of student ambassadors, obviously as well, um, and it's it's a great way for us to meet because there's so many of us that it's hard to find a time during the week after school that would work for a student ambassadors meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can use like an H block during the rotation to meet regularly without having to worry about scheduling time out. Um, Personally, I have a lot of activities going on after school like cross country, young Democrats club. So it's hard for me to find time to get extra help. And H block really helps with that. And in addition, too, I think most
1: of us here do play sports right now. Um, and that takes up a lot of time after school, clubs, in addition, internships, jobs, whatever. Um, it's hard to find time for homework. And a lot of that can be done during H Block. So essentially, the H Block, as you've probably heard over the past minute, um, you can mold it however you want to to get the experience you want. So right now, we. Are filming this video during an H block, right? We can use it in whatever way we want to to maximize and optimize our academic experience.
0: Students, especially those with busy schedules, were able to get the help they needed and have time to do homework because of H block. In addition, because of the schedule change, they were able to spend more time with teachers during H block, and have the benefit of attending some classes all year long, which really helped them to build connections with teachers. But it's not just students that need to be informed and heard. Parents and teachers matter too. How did they make sure that parents understood these changes? That
1: really is an important piece um, to make sure that the parents understand why the difference So for our parents, it was really important for them to understand why we thought kids taking eight classes was not in their best interest, but having them take seven classes and then having a personalization block was more in their interest. And we are a high-achieving high school here in Massachusetts. Uh, We have students who go off to top colleges and universities, and we wanted to assure our parents that our kids would continue to go off to high level colleges and universities with this new schedule and one of the ways we did that was we told them that the personalization was going to give their students opportunities to engage in passion projects passionate research and really in dive into information that they were learning in a way that was going to make them stand out from their peers who just took coursework Um, the way our old schedule had students doing it.
0: Not only did they reassure parents, but they explained what the benefits were. That why behind their decisions was that they wanted to give students the time to let what they were learning sink in, to give them time to be passionate about what they were learning and to build those important relationships with teachers. That why is something that they shared with parents. They were shifting away from a traditional schedule because they wanted to improve learning for students, not take it away. But what about teachers? Here's what Phil recommends to help teachers be informed and get excited about changes to the school schedule.
1: Uh, I would so we did send um, students and faculty to the different schools. Um, there was, they went to other schools as well to look not only at personalization, but to look at schedules. So they did do a wide variety of, of check-ins with other uh, districts to see what they were doing. And our schedule really is a hybrid of, of pieces that people brought back from all kinds of places. But I would say the things that would be helpful is to visit those schools, to hear about the the change, how they went through the process, uh, being as transparent as possible throughout the process, getting feedback from the widest array of people in the community, I think is really important.
0: Seeing the kind of schedule they wanted, being used firsthand in other schools, helped teachers and students understand what it could look like in their school and then they were able to use the pieces that they liked to create their own version. Visiting schools that are doing what your school wants to do, and well, can be a great way to create momentum. And as Phil said, being transparent and getting feedback from everyone will ensure that this is fair, it will give everyone a voice, and as a result, will help the program to succeed. So once the schedule was finally in place, what did students and teachers really think of it? Mm
1: Really appreciate having that opportunity during the school day to do what they want. Also, our teachers mentioned that over the years they had been eroding their own class time by giving students time to work on uh, group projects in their classes. Uh, and so they don't feel like they have to do that. They feel like they can schedule them during H Block instead so that students can work together on that.
0: H Block gives teachers the time they need in their classes to really let material sink in with their students and it offers more opportunities for students to collaborate with each other. In a poll Phil put to students and teachers, they shared how they felt this change had been beneficial, and there's data to back it up too. We've
1: recently polled our, um, our seniors and the parents of seniors, and both of those groups are in the 95% uh, in favor, uh, in favor or highly in favor of the age block, feeling like it's really helped their students Uh, or that it's reduced stress for their students. So that's been a really very positive feedback for us. Also, our retention rate, that is students who failed classes and didn't move from ninth grade to 10th grade or 10th grade to 11th grade was reduced by 35%. So those are two pieces that we know straight away. Um, And, you know, we we had uh, that group that was against the schedule and now um, they're one of the best advocates I have for the schedule. Um, Having made a video uh, to talk about the benefits of the schedule for them, particularly the personalization block.
0: After all of the negotiating, pushback, hard work and planning, these results really show that it all paid off. And it's not just for the students who are struggling, not just for the high achievers. All students were given personalized learning opportunities. Phil sums it up.
1: Um, But it, it takes a little while. It's a change and change is always difficult. Uh, but it's a, it's a change. I think it's worthwhile because it helps all kids to really take control of, you know, parts of their learning, uh, and that's really important.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Reimagining Time. This podcast is brought to you by Enriching Students, a tool that helps teachers give students what they really need, time. Our intro track, Rough Cut, is by the artist Tripwire, and we want to say thank you to all of the educators who shared their ideas and stories with us. Look for new episodes of Reimagining Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening.